the other thing is, well, we see a lot of reverberations, don't we, with the birds? We do that. that um, it's it's like almost choreographed, you know, in, in the uh, in the air, isn't it? Where they, I'm guessing, oh. is it mating season or something? Or they you do mean that? you mean where they all kind of take off at once and fly together? Yeah. yeah. Ah, right. Yeah, that's um. They they just do that because they've got somebody at the front, and they're all kind of fall. They they do follow the leader. Yeah, which is why it looks like they're all it's moving amazing. in unison. Yeah, it, it is amazing, and yeah. I I love it. I was watching the Dunlin do that. Dunlin are amazing at doing that, and then their backs are grey and their fronts are white. So it's sort of they switch between being a grey flock or a white flock, and it it just looks like a dance. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I know they they hang out in groups for safety, but I don't know specifically why. They display that behavior no. where they follow each other. No. But they do it year-round, so it's not a mating thing. No. Okay. I mean, it's just fascinating, isn't it? And this is the thing about nature. You sort of look, I guess, from your point of view, you're learning something every day, really, aren't you? I am learning something every day. I definitely am, yeah. Um, like, I, I recently learned that um, grey plovers feed by sight, which I know that, you know, Humans are really sight-led, so that doesn't seem unusual. But most birds don't, or most wading birds don't feed by sight. They feed by feel, but but like with the, they feel with the with the tip of their beaks. But shovelers have these big eyes, which make them look adorable. And the reason their eyes are so big is because they're actually looking for food on the ground. So anyway, I didn't know that. I learned that recently. So there you go. <laughs> they're scanning for food, <laughs> almost like radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're scanning for food like radar. Yeah, I just thought they were adorable for the sake of being adorable. But no, they have those really big eyes because it's uh, it's useful for them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what about uh, a bird of the month then for us? What, what If we're going out and about, what Ooh, can we see? Bird of the month. Do you know what? I'm going to pick a slightly unusual one, mm. and it's one that I have seen recently that we never used. Well, I used to see it about once a year, and now I'm seeing it about once a month. And I'm told it's because of climate change. They're expanding their range into the UK. And the bird I'm talking about is a spoonbill. Okay. So another one with an unusual Yeah, beak. never heard of that either. Well, I'm, well, so, it's like yeah. a lesson here tonight, Julie. I know, right? So it was Spoonbill. Let me see. It's kind of like, it looks almost like a heron. Like it's a, it's a pure white bird. Yeah. It sort of stands up like a heron. But then it has a really long beak that looks like it has a spoon on the end. And they they do this elegant motion with it in the water where it looks like they're doing a dance. But again, they're using that beak to capture things invertebrates so look up a spoonbill because they're um they're starting to breed in the uk and we never used to have them and we we sort of are starting to now and every time i see them i just think oh they're lovely they're i guess they're about the size of an egret um and that's another bird that's actually made its way to the uk although it's been here since about the 70s or 80s but this one's just now showing up uh, yeah i'm looking at it now yeah i've done a little google search there it has got a very long beak isn't it with a spoon on the end. Yeah, absolutely. I can see why they call it spoonbill, but and it's got like a, a colour, like a yellowy colour on the end. Yes, actually, that yellowy colour is only there in the summer when they they're in their sort of breeding plumage. Okay. Um, but yes, it's lovely. Yeah, uh, and particularly yeah. they uh, they seem to like the south and the, and the east of England as well. They. And I've heard that they're now breeding in Norfolk, but I don't think we have any breeding pairs in the Solent that no. I know of anyway. No. But they're Who still knows? lovely to look at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a new thing. There. Climate change is having a dramatic impact, isn't it, on, on birds? It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. They they have to put up with a lot. Um, you know, birds birds tend to be born with 
migration maps and um, timings in their head. They don't learn. It's not a learned behavior. So obviously, if things change around them and they're born with certain timings in their brains um, and then the timings are off, that can that can uh, definitely have an impact on them. Like maybe they arrive somewhere when there isn't food available where before it might have been, or if there's increased storms, um, then that can also affect them and how many of them survive. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough world out there. It is, isn't it? Particularly uh, for, for the, for the uh, birding fraternity then. What should yeah. we be looking for this time of year, though? What, uh, what should we expect out there? Well, so this is a fantastic time uh, for bird watching on the coast because everything that will be here is now here for the winter. Um, so things to look out for are large flocks of Brent geese, um, black-tailed godwits, the oyster catchers, which are here year-round, but I always mention them because they're black and white birds with an orange beak, so they're very recognizable. And for, for people who maybe aren't familiar with some of the other birds, you will always notice an oyster catcher. Um, if you see a black and white bird on the coast with a with an orange beak, you're looking at an oyster catcher, and they're lovely. Other things to be looking out for are widgeon and teal, which are two kinds of small ducks, turnstones, which have orange legs and hang out on pebble beaches, um, turning stones over, looking for food. That's why they're called turnstones. Yes, yeah, so there's just there's loads out there: little egrets, red shanks, ringed plovers. We've got them all this time of year. And so, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, yeah. come find me when I'm hanging out on the coast. <laughs> Freezing cold. <laughs> Freeze, yeah, I'll be, I'll be out there with my five layers on and my two Bless pairs you. of gloves. But I'd love to show you the birds. We must come down and do that, actually. I, I might bring the recorder down. Perhaps we'll, we'll sort that out in the new year. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, and, and you, yeah. Can, you can um, chat to us. And just, uh, I know it's radio, but hey. <laughs> Hey, we can that's all right. It. We can make it work. We can make it work, can't we? We'll sort that out, I think. Uh, it'd be nice yeah. to do that and to see what yeah. we can see out there. Because it, it's, um, I mean, since we've had COVID, uh, which seems a long time ago now, of course, but it mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't in yeah. some ways. But, I mean, it, we've, I think we've come to sort of appreciate the what's going on around us a bit more. Are you finding that from people? Perhaps you I mean, mean I'm, yeah, I feel like people have sort of discovered nature. Yeah. And, now they don't want to let it go. So they started these healthy habits in COVID and a lot of people are still out on the coast, which is which is really lovely to see because um, I just have this feeling that if we're going to protect nature, we kind of need to have an emotional connection with nature. So um, it's, it's nice to be able to show people the birds. Like today I was out and there were hundreds of birds on this, what we call a high tide roost, which is basically just an area they all hang out together when it's high tide because yeah. they feel safe together and so i was in in war's ash uh and there were hundreds of birds but all the people passing by didn't know there were any birds there until they looked through the telescope and they could see that they were all huddled together in these gray masses and then as soon as you kind of have a look then suddenly you see them and you go oh amazing sharing space with hundreds of birds didn't know it so it is yeah see it's uh they're not camera shy then certainly not well the thing is i i maintain a (laughs) safe distance so they uh, they don't really know i'm there no, um yeah. and i i kind of know where to stand and i strategically stand where there's people and birds and then i can try and prevent disturbance as well but no if you've got a telescope or binoculars or after a while you you're able to if you know what you're doing you can see them with the naked eye as well um it's just a bit of a skill people build up but de- definitely i make sure i don't get close enough to actually make them fly off because then that would sort of 
defeat the purpose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, great point there. But uh, yeah. so, what should we be looking at for this time around? Best places to, to see birds, particularly around here, of course. What's the best spot? Uh, so let's see. Oh, Port. Uh, so you're in Portsmouth, yeah. aren't you? So Haley Island probably be a good place. Yeah, actually, yeah. Haley Island would be a good place. I think I do have some colleagues who who work out there, and yes, Haley Island is amazing. Um, I mean, I was, uh, I know this isn't really close, but there's Hill Head. Yes, which, that's which in the west is, of our patch, yep. Yeah, so that is an amazing place as well uh, to see birds. And actually, we do have some guided walks. I think we've got, um, and actually, an East Head, if you know where that is. I don't know if that's a bit too far away. But uh, we do have a guided walk coming coming up at East Head on the 2nd of December. Um, so yeah, I mean, gosh, do you know what? I'm going to make a point of finding out all the good places for Portsmouth next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's nice. And I'm going to let you know. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, people want to go out and about and, uh, and and see what's the best vantage point. I'm thinking like marshland too would probably be a, a good area. Is it far I mean, into marshes that sort of area? Yes, well? absolutely. Anywhere where there's marshland, grassland, where there's yeah. mud at low tide, you will get birds. Yeah, yeah, yep. a good time to do it. Well, look, Julie, thanks for coming on. Uh, well, probably probably last time we'll chat before Christmas, I would think, because there's so I much going so, on. You've got yeah. a busy period, haven't you, coming up? So, oh, uh, yeah, up, yes. we're up to Christmas now, birding, and uh, then take a break. I think so, yeah. yeah. I'm going to take a two-week break. Don't blame it's going me. to be glorious. Yeah, yeah. you enjoy it. Have a lovely <laughs> Thank Christmas. You. Thanks for coming on this year. You too. And being with us in town. It's all about the birding fraternity. And we'll be back in January and chat some more. And we'll chat about uh, the best places around our area. Uh, we can go and see birds. That's your homework. <laughs> Excellent. I, I will do that homework for you, Chris. Bless I promise. You. Come back with it. Yeah. Bless you. Julie, thanks as ever. Lovely. You take care. Love to all that bird away. So, and uh, thanks for this year. We'll talk in the new year. You take care. Thank you. Cheers, lovely. Bye. Bye. Bye.